and done one of these in a minute. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Playgrounder NBA Trade Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Harry Potter. And I am joined by who else but Zach Noble, host of uh, the Four Seasons Podcast on Ball is Life and the maestro of the trade machine. What's good, Zach? Happy to be here as always. I'm looking into the ocean right now in Rob's background. So getting a little positive vibes going there with it being 20 below in Minnesota and probably not much different in upstate New York. It's not much different. Like I got my little beach vibes going. You know, I'm here for a pina colada, strawberry daiquiri, a little sex on the beach. Both go. Kinds. Could go for all of that right now. It sounds great. Um, Zach, you're, you're, you're a multiple-time offender on the Playgrounder trade pod, so you know how it is, but in my mind, we always have some new listeners, so I'm just going to run through the rundown real quick. Zach and I are- on gonna... the offense, so that's great. Yeah, Zach and I- offender versus defender of my terrible shit. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and I are just going to chop it up like two GMs at Atlanta's All-Star Weekend, so you know we got to do it over Zoom because we got a social distance- safety first and he's going to pitch some trades and I'm going to be a GM like eh, maybe what if you throw in a little draft compensation or maybe he just pitches a trade and I'm like oh man I couldn't wait to ship dude out of town thank you so this is basketball's version of Shark Tank with that with that said Zach welcome to the Shark Tank appreciate you happy to be here as always I'm always got, I always got the trade machine going, you know, that it's, it's my favorite pastime. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, it, it hit home once the Timberwolves blew their fourth or fifth 20 point, roughly 20 point fourth quarter lead. And I was just like ready to blow this thing up uh, about two games ago against Oklahoma city thunder. I'm like, Rob, we got to get on. Let's figure this out. And See if I can get any positive vibes going in Minnesota because we're we're bottoming out. Like OKC's got an awesome tank job going right now. They're competitive in every game. Cleveland's you know, they'd be pissed if I'm calling them a tank job as well, but they got a heck of a tank job going. They got positive development going. They got wins against good teams. Detroit, Minnesota is just the bottom of the barrel, baby. The big homie was back last night. Cat is back. And that little right-hand banger he had on the fast break felt like a lot of pent-up aggression. Yeah, he's got a lot of that. And that's, I mean, I, like I, I said last night, if it's either a half, we just get a half of positive vibes or two games. I'm just, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to overreact like crazy the first couple of games and just enjoy these cat moments and, then if we get back to losing and suffocating in this terrible roster and bad coaching, it is what it is. At least we, we got a taste of it there for a moment of uh, cat's adrenaline rolling for a little bit here. All right. So you brought up bad coaching. Where are you on the Ryan Saunders train? Oh, I've been way off for a long time now. I, I jumped off that train. Um, I only jumped on it because He's a nice guy, and uh, his dad is my favorite coach of all time, and I just supported our new regime, and I wanted to give him a chance. Uh, but all I asked for, I had low expectations, extremely low, as low as you can possibly ask, and that's basically any sort of improvement anywhere, um, any development, anybody, and it, nothing, and nothing. I mean – the guys that are improving, I personally think, would improve on any team in any situation. Uh, the team is never competitive, really. I mean, we get a quarter to a night. Um, we can't put four quarters together, though. And that's all I ask. Like, if you look at a team like OKC, they're grinding this out game after game all the way to the end. And in the NBA, I mean, if you're giving effort on a nightly basis – you can be competitive. I mean, I'm not asking for wins. Hell no. I don't care about wins. I just want to be like close in the game for a couple of games here and there. 
uh, not get blown out every single night. Uh, but I'd like to see my players improve um, just in certain aspects anywhere and not seeing it. So what you just said reminds I had Thunder Chats on before the season to talk about the OKC Thunder. And what he said almost made me spit out my drink. I was like, well, what's a successful season for you guys? And I had never heard this answer. And I thought it was the greatest answer ever. He was like, we go, well, if this was a regular season, we'd go 0 for 82 and lose every game by one point. Yep. And it just shocked me. And I was like, oh my God, if I was a tanking team to be competitive in every single game, but then lose and never hurt my ping pong balls is like, it's just fun to say, like in theory, you know, it would do major damage to the team's morale, but like the principal thought is, yo, we're competitive every night. And when you're competitive every night, sometimes the ball is going to bounce your way. Yeah. But like overall you're competitive, you're good. And you're not hurting your chance at landing Cade Cunningham or Jonathan Kaminga or Evan Mobley. And like, 100%. that's ultimately what this season's about when you're rebuilding. Yeah. You want just to show a little hope and have a product that's watchable. Um, yeah. Anthony Edwards is showing signs here and there, but uh, he's not getting very, he's not getting smarter. And I don't want like, I don't want to degrade a rookie like that and just, call them all sorts of names and whatnot, but um, you can tell when a coach has had their imprint on a player and a team and um, they're playing as a cohesive unit. They like playing together. They know where their teammates are going to be and they know their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, But we don't, we don't act like we know any of that stuff. Um, Anthony Edwards would be the same guy anywhere, like if not way better. I mean, there's, He's a guy that needs to be developed, needs to be fine-tuned by a coach, and um, he's just this very raw specimen. And, yeah, I think he can still get pretty good under Ryan Saunders. I think he's that talented, but he's never going to reach his full potential under him. All right. So with all that said, send me the first trade. All right. So this is probably my favorite one. Um, My main target for the Timberwolves – uh, was D'Angelo Russell. I still want to see Cat and Russell play together for 10, 20 games. We've, we've only seen five, okay? We've only seen them play together five times. But there's trades to be made. There's always trades to be made. And <laughs> this, the roster construction of this team's terrible, okay? I'd much rather have Malik Beasley. I'd much rather have Anthony Edwards. We need defense, okay? There's not much defense on this team and I want to build a constructive roster that you can believe in on paper. Like coming into the year, I couldn't believe in this team on paper. So what I'm doing is scan the whole league. There's literally only four or five teams that would probably want D'Angelo Russell. The Orlando magic, maybe one of them. It's questionable. They got Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. That's pretty promising. I do think D'Angelo's a sure upgrade over Fultz. Um, Cole Anthony, you could talk me into believing in him. Um, I really like Cole Anthony's future, but I'm sending Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon to Minnesota. You can even make this way bigger, but this is pretty simplistic. Um, I started on this level. Those two guys going to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell and Ed Davis. I'm in so far. All right, let me send D'Angelo Russell to the Orlando Magic. And Ed Davis is the last piece of this trade? Yep. All right. Pardon me while I make this full screen because that's where my level of excitement gets me. All right. So this is just four players straight up. This is successful. Um. Okay, my initial thought is there's a world, and by there's a world, it might be this world where the Magic gave up the two best players in this deal. <laughs> like, Evan Fournier is, like, like really good in – he's good non-situationally to me. Um, the point you were just making about how – 
um, Edwards was going to be what he is everywhere and coaching might enhance that. But like, this is like the raw level of talent he's dealing with. Yes. Yep. I feel like Evan Fournier is sort of like a raw baseline good. Like his baseline level of good is higher than D'Angelo Russell's, but D'Angelo Russell in the right situation can be a way better player. I'm not going to completely disagree on that because Evan Fournier can play some defense and um, he's needed on more teams. Okay. He's valuable on way more teams than D'Angelo Russell is. You could maybe say that, that that's a statement that I think I could get behind, but D'Angelo Russell still even at his worst right now, which he's not very good. I still think he's slightly better than Evan Fournier, but all three of these players are extremely over underrated. Um, in the big scheme of things, in my estimation, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and D'Angelo Russell. But uh, D'Angelo Russell, for his career, being he made an all-star game, is going to be overrated as long as possible until people start understanding how bad um, he could be. I mean, but he was only good, though, under Kenny Atkinson. That's it. I'm a huge Kenny Atkinson guy. If you put Kenny Atkinson in Minnesota, whoo! This team looks completely different. Preach. And I'm, I'm a big, as big of a coach guy as there is, though. I believe coaches can really change a lot of things. Um, but, like, there's, like, five coaches. If you put them in Minnesota, this team would be a borderline playoff team for sure. So, you ready for my next trade or? Wait, wait. I, I still have more okay. to do here. What, is, what do AG and Cat look like together? I think great. I think he covers a lot of cats weaknesses. I think they both can space the floor at a solid level. Um, AG doesn't need the ball as much as people may think. Uh, but even if he had the ball, I think he can help put cat in the right situations. And what does this do for Minnie's point guard situation? Yeah, so that I mean that's that's the other thing. There might probably would be another Rubio trade, or because Rubio and D'Angelo Russell have been bad because they've played with each other so much. That's what a lot of people think. Maybe Rubio comes back to life because he's been the this is the worst year of Rubio's career right now. Uh, he's been that bad. Uh, but I mean, there's a chance Rubio comes back to life, and I think he could look pretty good with this roster as well. AG being a really good defender might motivate Rubio a little bit. Um, and Rubio's strengths and defense might come back a little bit and he could throw some lobs to him. Another lob threat might pick up the pace of this team. So I've told you many times that I normally disagree with the trade machines algorithm where this is about as close to lockstep as me and the algorithm get um, plus 15 for the wolves minus 15 for the magic. I don't see the, can you pitch it to me for the magic? Cause I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. I just think, I think they need to move on from AG. I've been this guy for the longest time. I do not like the fit of Vooch, AG, Jonathan Isaac. And I've, I'm whatever I'm, I'm over Mo Bamba because they are like, I think, I think he could be, I know you're a big Bamba guy. I think he can still be good somewhere else, but I'm not going to sit here and pout about it because I know nothing's happening in Orlando until he gets, until he gets moved like he deserves. I'm not going to even worry about it because I worried about it for far too long. I finally got to the point where I'm just like, it is what it is. I'm not changing shit. I, I can't control this. Mo's not getting his time in Orlando. So that's where I am with him. But I don't like the fit of those guys. I think they're sold on Jonathan Isaac as they should be. I think his ceiling's way higher than Aaron Gordon. I'm as big of an Isaac guy as there is. And I mean, Okiki, I don't know what they got there. He's another guy that's an in-betweener. But uh, Vooch is just leveling up again this year. And so Vooch and Isaac work way better together. Um, AG just, you can't play all three of those guys. So why not move on from AG? And 
D'Angelo Russell, okay, that's that's the situation. He needs to have a really good defender next to him. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz aren't going to be that really good defender. I know that. Um, Jonathan Isaac is. That dude is going to eat yeah, up. Yeah, but he's not guarding. He can guard some twos, not many. He can't guard many twos. Uh, Okiki might be able to D up some twos, but I, like again, I don't know what he is yet. Uh, it's a tough. I, I just think D'Angelo Russell under Steve Clifford would be a lot better. And I think his fit there, I think he's more of a half-court type guy than get out and run. I think he's better in the half-court, and that offense – in Orlando is always going to be a half court team as long as they got Vooch and as long as they have Steve Clifford. Uh, so that's kind of where my thinking is as well. But I mean, it's that fault. It's the Cole Anthony fit. It's tough. It's really tough. I, I Cole Anthony could come off the bench. Fultz could be the two that could work out as long as, as long as they got a three that can defend. I mean, Isaac isn't going to make up for everybody's weaknesses. He's not. <laughs> as so, good as he is on defense, he's not making up for everybody. From a like a very short-sighted perspective, D'Angelo Russell makes a lot of sense this year in a situation where Isaac isn't playing this year and Fultz is out. But like, like you said, Vooch is leveled up. He's having another career year. And you get him a guy who I think we're both in agreement. Uh, the better the coaching or the better the situation, the better Russell is. Correct. Yep. So if if we think at baseline, he's like a borderline top 12 point guard. But in a, the right situation, he fights to seven or eight. And you like the things you pointed out about hey, he's a half-court guy with Clifford and Vooch. They're going to play in the half-court. This might be a situation that unlocks the Russell we saw in Brooklyn. Yep. And if I'm the Magic, that's something I'm betting on if I still want to be a playoff team. And sometimes things do just get stale between a player and a franchise where a change of scenery might work. And I think Aaron Gordon does fit that mold. So I also think a part of this too is because I think their magic are a team that need to go get talent when they can get it. And I think D'Angelo Russell, like we've been saying, in the right situation with the right teammates and the right coach has a pretty high ceiling. I, I still think that. And it's higher than Fultz. It's higher than Cole Anthony. It's close though. It's not much. I still think it's slightly higher than those two, but I'm okay if you think they have a higher ceiling than him as well. As great as Fultz has been, the shooting doesn't look like it's ever going to come back to where it was pre-draft. And that really caps his ceiling for me. And I was what I was a big Fultz proponent, but I don't think I don't think his ceiling can get even up to a Russell level because the shooting is gone. And I'm not the biggest Cole Anthony guy. He's like more aggressive D'Angelo Russell, actually. Like, they're, they're in a very similar mold to me. Right. That's fair. All right, what you got next? So, <laughs> this is almost embarrassing to throw out there. I'm more excited about my next one, but I'm going to give you one more D'Angelo Russell trade. This one is more so kind of living on a prayer. Um <laughs> I don't even know how to approach this. Uh, I kind of landed on the Toronto Raptors, okay? And oh my God, this they're part of the reason why is because I think Kyle Lowry is moving on, okay, in some capacity. Do, do I think he'd like to move on to the Timberwolves? Probably not. That's the issue here. That's the big issue. I would just love Kyle Lowry. I mean, Timberwolves need any leadership they can get. I think he'd be the perfect mentor next to Anthony Edwards. I think he'd make Anthony Edwards so much better. I mean, he's the ultimate fit in general next to most dominant guys like Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley. I think Kyle Lowry, I think he has a couple of years left, but he's only got one year on his contract. That's the big risk here. So I got Kyle Lowry 
Norman Pohl, who's got two years left on a good deal. Wolves need depth. They need depth. They need defense. And that's a part of this trade as well. So Norman Powell, Kyle Lowry, Matt Thomas, depth and shooting there. And then lastly, Chris Boucher, who would be the maybe the biggest piece for the Timberwolves. I think the Raptors would think about it for this deal. I really do, especially if Kyle Lowry says he's moving on because he's going to tell him. He's going to. I think he is. I hope he is because he's a loyal guy. But I don't know if he'd tell him and be okay with the Timberwolves. <laughs> That's the problem. So who's coming from D'Angelo Russell is the only thing going to Toronto? Nope. nope. I'm giving him Jarrett Culver as well. So I'm giving him a piece that I believe still that still can be pretty dang good. And Nick Nurse turns any coal, any crap, you might say. Whatever that piece is, Nick Nurse will turn that guy into gold. I think Nick Nurse can literally make anybody a really serviceable NBA player. And then lastly, to make the contracts worth Ed Davis. So you're just going to keep shipping Ed Davis out. <laughs> um, so obviously this trade needs to wait a couple months to make it happen. Not a couple months, a couple days, February 23rd. Okay. So to let everybody behind the curtain or the fourth wall, before we started the pod, I was telling Zach about the Stanfield brothers, Sean and Ian, um, two of my favorite Canadians, um, two of the top five Canadians of all time, along with Zach Wilson from the Playgrounder and Drake. And I don't even remember who the fifth one is, but that, that's four of them right there. And I was saying like, Zach would really, really like these guys. I'm going to check them out. No, 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 Zach, stay away from them. They're, they're, they're not going to like you after this. Stay, stay away from them. They, oh man, giving up Boucher uh, or Busher and Laurie. They might be cool with uh, Pal moving on. Yeah, they might write. You guys might have to do a pod together to like talk this out because I want you guys all to be friends. All right. This is a rough relationship starter. Um, once again, D'Angelo Russell, good coaching. And this isn't just good coaching. This is going from some of the worst coaching in the league to a top four coach in the league, like top five coach. It, it's, Number one in my estimation. I think Nick nurse is the best coach in the NBA. There's, there's definitely an argument to be made about that, especially, um, especially particularly from a skill development standpoint, like the Raptors and the Raptors 905 have made it cool to use your G League affiliate and develop players. And that's a win for the G League. Man, <laughs> good coaching. Boucher, dude, next to Cat. Give me a lineup going forward of Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, Norman Powell, Boucher, and Cat. That's, that's something I can believe in, something I can get behind. Yeah, I bet you you can get behind that. <laughs> you I don't, don't think, think Toronto can. Don't, really? Because I think D'Angelo Russell and Fred Van Vliet is an excellent pairing. And you're getting D'Angelo on a locked-in contract. I think he'd become an all-star again in Toronto. I really do. Um, well, part of it is just from a – like I joke about uh, Zach and the Stanfield brothers, but they are like my Canadian connection – and the, the way Raptors fans and those guys speak of Kyle Lowry, like that guy's probably going to get a statue in Toronto. And yep. if he does ask for a trade, it's going to be the way I feel that the Raptors feel about him. It's preferred destinations only. And I don't know that many yeah. make that preferred destinations list. I just think they'd be interested in D'Angelo Russell. I really do. No, no, I, they may be interested in D'Angelo Russell, right? But not at trading, not at the disservice of Kyle Lowry. The yep. you shipped Kyle Lowry to somewhere where he can't win, and he's only been the most important Raptor of all time. You got to be really careful with your Raptors language. Like if you say he's the greatest Raptor of all time, it gets really iffy on 
well, not the greatest basketball player, but like the biggest in bat. You got to be careful with that Raptors language and law. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's tight. I mean, you got DeRozan, Kawhi, and Lowry. There's and Vince, obviously. The, it, it, it gets iffy, but like the most important Raptor of all time, Kyle Lowry, for sure. Get away with that, unless yes. somebody says something about Vince Carter, and then like you're you're dancing the tightrope again. Yeah, I mean, there's still people that might argue Vince Carter. Lowry wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Vince Carter, that type of thing. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I know shit. <laughs> like, like, but I just, I, can't you see a Raptors fan? Oh, no, no, no. That? I can see it being said. I yeah. just mean, like, as a general thing, the only way that argument works is if, like, you think that if Vince Carter hadn't a pop the way he did, the Raptors lose their team like the Grizzlies. And I don't yeah. think that's true. And if that's not true, then literally all the same things could have happened eventually down the line with Laurie and the Raptors. Yep. All right. I got one last Wolves trade, and then we can get into yours. Okay, all right. Who do you got for me? This one I think you can get behind. Um, so you could maybe even do a D'Angelo Russell trade on top of this. I think there's a couple trades to be made and it's so tough because Minnesota, I mean, our pieces aren't great. I just <laughs> we want to know, does Ed Davis still live in Minnesota at the end of this trade? He does. Yes. I actually hung on to Ed Davis. All I right. was able to figure out another way, but Wancho Hernan Gomez, Josh Kogi, Jared Culver and Ricky Rubio. A four-player deal heading down to the great city of New Orleans. Oh, the Pels. Yes, sir. And so we are getting back Nicolo Melli. We're getting back Eric Bledsoe. And we are getting back Lonzo Ball. Oh, I am intrigued. Okay, so the Wolves are, are – I'm sorry – you guys are getting Melly, my shooting friend. He's struggling this year, and so is Wancho. That's why I just think a nice little swap there would be. All right, so Needed. it was Melly, Lonzo, and who else am I missing? Eric Bledsoe. That's it, those three. Okay. And from the Wolves, it was Pretty Ricky, Wancho, Josh Kogi and Culver and Culver. Why do I not see Jared Culver? Then Jared Culver. Ooh, there's a lot of young parts in this. Okay, this 100% feels like a trade that happens on trade deadline day. But, like, it's a monster trade deadline, and it kind of gets swept under the rug. And it gets, like, well it gets like 30 seconds on Sports Center, And you're like, oh, yeah. And then, like, a couple weeks later, you're watching Lonzo and Cat run pick and roll. And you're like, oh, my God, when did this happen? Yeah, I like that. I definitely see that for sure. So let me pitch this to you on why I think it's possible if we need to for Lonzo Ball, we could probably throw in a pick. I think people out there still believe in Josh Kogi and Jarrett Culver. And I think Stan Van Gundy can – those are Stan Van Gundy-type players. They are. They're grinders. They work hard. They're great defenders. Their offensive game needs to be developed. I think he could maybe help with that a little bit. I believe New Orleans has a little better development team than Minnesota, but that jury's out on that one as well. Um, so Minnesota might need to throw in a pick, but the only reason why they wouldn't is because we're taking back Eric Bledsoe. They don't want that contract. That was coming. <laughs> they got an extra year of Eric Bledsoe. They're still getting Ricky Rubio for two years. He's been garbage, but Ricky Rubio would fit much better. And he's just a lot less of a pain in the ass than Eric Bledsoe. And he's not going to take away from the rest of your development. Like Eric Bledsoe is going to Ricky Rubio in new Orleans would only help to the development kind of like he did with Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. So I think Ricky Rubio is just as appealing, if not more than Eric Bledsoe in new Orleans. I really do. 
but I don't think that's on- debatable, actually. Okay, I, thank you. I, like, I think that's just true. Yep. Okay, so Lonzo Ball, they're getting rid of him if they don't want to pay him. I, I just believe that, and maybe they believe in these other guys more. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker would be the perfect guy next to Ricky Rubio and Brandon Ingram. I, I really believe in Nikhil as a longtime starter in this league. I do. I think he's a sharpshooter. Josh Hart's been looking really good recently. So that's kind of how I came to this deal. Okay. I, whew. okay. <laughs> Lonzo and Cat works for me. Um, hey, Eric's a good defender. Like, no, both Bledsoe, are needed in Minnesota. Bledsoe is here while you said he was here originally. Bledsoe is in this deal so you can keep your pick. Like, yeah. you don't have to give up draft capital because you had to take on an extra year of Bledsoe. For sure. Um, maybe you think maybe Minnesota thinks they can flip him to a contender who values him. Wouldn't be me, but maybe they think that. Um, Akogi and Culver are really Stan Van Gundy type of players, like just hard hat workhorse guys. Like, hey, I'm here to do a job. Watch this works. I like this. This is a projected minus three for the Pelicans and plus three for the Wolves. And this is one of those ones where I don't necessarily agree with the algorithm. Like, I think that this could be like maybe a slight advantage to the Wolves, but I don't think it's that dramatic of a change. Like, I think this is shoring it up around the margins for the Pelicans. Like, Hey, we want to make our playoff push. We don't want to lose Lonzo for nothing but we also don't want to pay him a giant payment on his restricted free agency deal this summer. So like you make this move so you don't lose an asset for nothing. And like getting a top five pick in return, like in a former top five pick in Culver, not a bad return. I, I like this one. I understand why the Pelicans would do this because this is a business and you don't want to ever lose an asset for nothing. And if they don't want to pay Lonzo and, or they're scared of what Lonzo was going to command on the open market, either, or you got to move them. Right. And like getting, do you think they should be giving up on him so early? Cause I don't, I, I still think Lonzo works there. I still think he's fine. He's, uh, it turns into money. It turns into money. Yes. Yep. What, is, what, there's a number that he's no longer fine at because you know you, you just paid Ingram and eventually you're going to have to pay Zion. So there's a number where he no longer becomes fine. I don't know yep. what that number is, but there's definitely a threshold of, no, Lonzo's great here. Oh, Lonzo is no longer great here at that paycheck. All right. I like that one. I will give you one. Let's pull up. What do we have in the chamber? A really funny conversation, actually. And I lost it again. Okay. I got a three-teamer for you. All right. This isn't my favorite trade, but it's also... It's kind of fun. So we have the Washington Wizards. It's actually really fun now that I look at it. So the Washington Wizards will, as well as the Clippers. Mm. So the Clips and team number three, you guessed it, the Dallas Mavericks. No, I didn't guess that. I wasn't, wasn't really. <laughs> okay, so the the Mavericks will be trading Porzingis to the Wizards along with Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson and Josh Green. As well as... 
2025 round one pick. Sorry, this is taking so long, guys. This no, is you're good. this is riveting radio. Um, yeah, this is gonna be big, I think. KP and a first are going out. It's got to be decent. I mean, unless this guy's giving up on the Mavs. I mean, giving up on KP. Let's top five protect that pick just for the hell of it. Paul George is going to oh, Dallas to kick it with Luca. Mm. Oh boy. And Kawhi's new running mate, you guessed it, Davis Bertans. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Bradley Beal to the Clippers. And Bertans. Nope. Just straight up. Oh, so that, that's the deal. That is the deal. So it is. Why are my picks not involved? That's so annoying. Okay. So it's Porzingis. Jalen Brown and Josh Green, as well as two Clippers seconds and a Mavs 2021 round one top five protected for the Wizards. The Clippers receive Bradley Beal and the Mavericks receive Paul George. You ready for my feedback? I am ready. Okay. So I love Bradley Beal next to Kawhi Leonard. I really do. Paul George has been playing really good. He has, but I think they need to make a move regardless. I think they should still hang on to Paul George. I just don't think they can get Bradley Beal without getting rid of Paul George like this. Um, so what it comes down to who would I rather have Paul George or Bradley Beal? Yes. I'd rather have Bradley Beal. I would, because we know what Paul George brings you in the postseason. We really do. Um, I like that. Why not? Okay. Uh, I can see the argument of Paul George over Bradley Beal because why not give him another year? I mean, it was their first year together. Paul George is getting comfortable. And last year was weird. So it was this year. So um, COVID times, give Paul George a little slack. I mean, he blamed a lot of it on COVID as well. So he blamed a lot of it on everything. Yo, Doc Rivers yeah, was me right. My shoulder hurt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess this is the same Paul George that blamed all of his teammates in Indiana. He's the worst for that. He's the, the same Paul worst. George that Joe Ingles shot his head off for a full seven-game series. <laughs> yeah, fuck Paul George's feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Paul George going to Dallas. Okay, that sends out Chris Stapps Porzingis. Huge upgrade there. That's big time. Okay, that's Boy, is it, that's why all the picks are involved. Dallas making out like bandits here. Love this for Dallas. A minus. I'm giving this an A minus for Dallas. I'm a big KP guy. I just don't believe in his health. I have a long going, long ongoing career bet with one of my friends that Chris Stapps will never have six seasons in his career with more than sixty games in a season. I took the over that. But it was hard getting to that number. Um, Paul George, how many great years does he have left? Uh, maybe just as many as Chris Stapps. I mean, depends how motivated. I think he's going to be depleted, though, if he gets shipped out against again to Dallas. So I don't know if I'd want to take the risk of giving up all those picks for Paul George, even though I'll like the fit instantaneously. For so wait, they only give up one pick. They okay. Give- 2025, the uh, the two second rounders are from the Clippers. Okay. So that A minus still stands. I'd take that risk because Paul George is a perfect fit for Luca. I think they can, they definitely need Paul George more than Chris Stapps, uh, which is still debatable if you really believe in Chris Stapps' ceiling. Uh, but as for the Wizards, yeah. They need to do something. I mean, is that the best they're going to get for Beal? No, it absolutely is not. And that was my question. Is it not enough return for Beal? Yeah. So I would try to get like Tyrell Terry in that. I would, Cause I'm still a big Tyrell Terry guy, even though he hasn't gotten much time. I'd try to get any role players you can, or maybe another pick there. Uh, but yeah, give me a lineup of Kristaps Porzingis, Rui Hachimura, Denny. Those three guys I can get behind. Uh, 
I really like a, Thomas Bryant. Like I know he's hurt and he's a one-way yeah, player. A, he's a DH. I get it. But yeah. man, have, I've just never seen a basketball game where you score less points than the other team and still win. So yep. I'm cool with DHs. Fair. It's a fun trade. It, it, it's fun all around. It's just Washington giving up Beal for Porzingis when Beal isn't that old. Hmm. No, he, he's not. And they, they got some stuff in this. Like, it, it really Josh depends Green, on where yeah. you stand on Porzingis. Yeah, and Josh Green. And a lot of, like, like Josh Green, I still believe in him. Like, Well, I really like Jalen Brown. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson. He's just a solid player. He's not yeah, he's great, a, but he's solid. The, not a starter, in my opinion. I mean, he's a good sixth, seventh man. Yeah, but like it's a good you got a good basketball. It's a piece. Player. Yeah, exactly. The the needle mover is do you think Porzingis ever gets back to that guy we saw in the Knicks? Right. Well, and if you think he gets there, I thought he was there last year at times. I thought he was. I I'm I've been higher on Porzingis than most. I still think he does a lot of good things. But at the same time, it's just his consistency, his injuries. That's where <laughs> well, I think oh, – all right, so hear me out. Sometimes I think rhythm matters more in basketball than we like to give it credit for. Yes. Playing – like coming in late and playing with somebody like Luca, who just has the ball so much, I think establishing your rhythm is difficult. Like if Luca took two rest games and Carlisle sort of just force-fed Porzingis the action – I think there's a chance he could get his rhythm. And then when Luca comes back, like he has his confidence and he's still able to play. Cause I think some of it is like, he's not playing like, yo, I'm the guy anymore. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So that is from the homie Ian Stansfield, who I really do need you to check out the from the stands podcast. Those dudes are great. And that was his trade. And I think in order, I, I like that it happens. I like that there's big names and moving parts. I, I think things would have to break down with a few teams for this to be what the Wizards accepted in a Beal trade. Yeah. Yeah. I still think there's better out there for Beal. They're probably yeah. a lot. I don't know. Maybe the Wizards really like KP's 25. He's on a decent contract. But I, I, I don't hear a lot of rumblings that his value is that high yet. Pardon? Anywhere. Porzingis is how old? 25. He's still 25? Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, let, hold on. Let, yo, I'm going to need all my Porzingis stock back. Every last <laughs> bit of it. I'm going to need all that back. I'll pay the higher rate. He's okay. 25, man. Let me get that stock back. All right, so here is the TradeNBA.com trade of the day. Mm. It's submitted by some user on the website. This is Robert Williams to the Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas. And the Celtics also send over. Yeah, where's that cap space coming from? a 2023 lottery protected first and a 2021 round two. And I'd assume that this works. So I'd assume the cap space comes from that exception they have. God, that's lame. That doesn't move me in any (laughs) way, shape or form. One, I don't think they should be giving up Robert Williams, especially not for. Really? I like Valentinus a lot. I do too, but does he? I mean, on that great team, trade for the Celtics. On that team, is he? Does he bring anything that they don't particularly have right now? He's not. He's a great offensive player. They need more of a defensive anchor. Like he's a positive defender, but he's not like a team-changing, yeah, culture-changing anchor that they need. I mean, I. 
it, it, it's a lot for somebody that I don't know moves the ne- their championship needle one way or another. Like he's good and the team improves. So I guess it moves it a little bit forward, but it's not a game changer. And not that Robert Williams is a major part of what they're doing, but if I'm moving Robert Williams, I want to replace his vertical spacing probably just with a bigger guy. Like the issue with Robert Williams is he's super explosive, but at the end of the day, he's smaller than one of your starting wings. Definitely. So that wasn't a game mover, but D'Angelo Russell and Ed Davis being shipped to Orlando. Um, Kyle Lowry and his future statue moving to cold Minnesota. We had a lot happening. Bradley Beal was teamed up with Kawhi and Luca and Paul George were going to be friends. And Kristaps turns out is only 25. He just cut two birthdays off of his life. (laughs) We kind of went all around the world here. Let me ask you, do any other teams come to mind for D'Angelo Russell or Malik Beasley? Those are two guys with a decent amount of upside that I think um, could bring back something decent for the Timberwolves. Unless we're going to throw Anthony Edwards in there, which I'm personally willing to do, but Minnesota probably is not. Minnesota can't. You, uh, There's this thing <laughs> called public relations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The PR hit they would take giving up – Dude, sometimes they still make fun of Rick Bettino and the Celtics for giving up on Chauncey Billups. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good call. That's a and great like, call. And you're talking about the one pick in COVID year? Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> just fire the PR team. Hey, the Cavs shipped out Andrew Wiggins before he even played. I mean, it's, it's happened. But that, that was way – like, That was a LeBron. That was LeBron and Kevin Love. I know. Um. Uh, Malik Beasley really does intrigue me. Like, I think there's, I don't know, I think there's a market for Beasley. You're just not a D'Angelo Russell guy at all, huh? No, I was a huge D'Angelo Russell okay. guy until he turned into like the first, not the first, but he's like an all-star journeyman at the age of 24. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I mean, but a lot of that's not on him. It's just been shitty situations. The only other teams I could think of that even want the guy would be Maybe the Celtics, if the Wolves are taking back Kemba Walker, but that doesn't intrigue me. You know who's interesting for D'Angelo Russell? Indiana? No. Next to Brogdon would be sick. Philly. Like, I don't know what Philly gives up. Yeah, right. But Philly is interesting because he sort of plugs that primary ball handler playmaker that they need. Okay, so Philly, I mean, literally – it has to start with Tyrese Maxey. Yes. I mean, that's the asset coming back. And but then like money wise. Right. The, the money would come out of, I mean, it's like Danny Green, Seth Curry, Mike Scott. I mean, those three would have to be in it. That's a deal. But does Philly do that? The way Seth Curry is shooting right now, Seth Curry might they gotta, be. They got to keep. No. Well, if I'm, uh, if I'm Philly. You can't have Curry and Maxi. So what you could do is, I think Danny Green, Mike Scott, Maxi, and then like Thibel. Um and then maybe still throw, throw me a pick. I'm doing that if I'm Minnesota, to be honest. But at the same time, that's hurting the relationship with Cat, and I don't think that's changing. Th- like. You got to do – it has to be a deal that would also make Cat somewhat happy. That agreed because, like, that's the big thing. Right. And that deal ain't doing it. It's like Danny Green's going to walk. You're basically getting Tyrese Maxey, who is a Kentucky player. Maybe that gets him a little hype. Well, I, I don't like think the it idea would. of He's... getting Thibault and Maxey. Right. That's fun, but, like – surface level it's it's still not sexy and it's not a sexy enough trade where like cat is like yo d'angelo was my guy but we right. brought in cat's not turning off Fortnite to pick up uh thibel and maxi on a cold winter minnesota night at the airport 
Yeah. What about like the Pacers? Um, I I see it, but like just long term, they already have Brogdon. I'm really high on Aaron Holiday. Uh, they got to see what they have going with Karis Levert, yeah, Jay Warren. Like that's that's a lot of guys that are that need the rock to be successful. And I know two of those guys are out right now, but long-term I'd assume they just stay the course and let their guys develop internally. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else that would be dying for cat? Um, or not cat for like Beasley or Russell. I don't know. I think we're getting to, uh, I don't know. I sort of liked, I liked what you did with the Pelicans. I don't know. Guard is just so strong. I do think there's more of a market for Malik Beasley at this point. Just sort of does He fits in more situations is probably the best way to put it. All right, Zach, you got anything to pitch? I don't, man. I'm pretty good. Um, where can they find your podcast? Ball is life everywhere. Uh, Noble and Roos show. Just let out an episode with Kelly Alcoin um, from Billions. That was a lot of fun diehard trailblazers fan so we kind of got into the history of portland talked about roles on various shows different brought in a lot of basketball though dude's funny as hell it was, it was good zach thank you for your time i appreciate every time we get together and hop on the trade machine no technical difficulties this time so once we hang up i'll probably just put this episode right in the trash bin to keep tradition up <laughs> oh man i can't believe that you didn't black out for a minute or cut out we had to reset this is amazing this um, is this uh i think we're we're primed for some timberwolves trades now i think this is just good vibes to the trade season for the timberwolves i hear you buddy <laughs> this has been the playgrounder nba trade podcast thank you to our guest zach noble I'm your host, Rob Shaw. Make sure you listen, rate, review, give five stars. And thank you for listening.